Welcome back, everybody. We've got lots to talk about today. I am Bonjin. Samsung announced a slurry of new devices. Apple confirms that they are in the self-driving car race. And Google makes a big, big privacy no-no. This is Processing Power. Ladies and gentlemen, I am back with another episode of the newly renamed show. Previously Tech Talk with John Ben, but that was pretty lame. So now it is Processing Power with Bon Jen. Just talking tech, just really getting into the nitty gritty. Just having a nice conversation. Me and my dog Bart here, we're just uh, just going to, you know, just talk about the hard-hitting technical uh, news stories throw my opinion in there and you know really I uh, really get a good dialogue going um I'm back on anchor um I was uh fooling around with Buzzsprout for a little bit uh on my other podcast dark racial humor um but no anchor you know anchor's pretty good I applaud them for uh getting that uh getting that acquisition from Spotify not too long ago for an undisclosed amount I don't really know how much it was but it was probably a lot um, to my knowledge, this is the only podcasting platform that allows you to post uh, without having to pay a premium. Um, Buzzsprout, Buzzsprout is something like $18 a month, but you know, you do get like pretty good like tracking and statistical um, services like that, which I really appreciate. But you know, um, Buzzsprout, I mean, sorry, Anchor has like this whole little community over here, so I think I'm going to really be a... Uh, seeing what that's all about they do have that uh podcast builder that i'm looking at right now probably not going to use that i think my stigma toward anchor which is really um unreasonable is that they're making po- uh, podcasting too easy but that's like a good thing because they're really trying to bring it out to the masses which is probably why uh spotify uh Shout out the big bucks for them. So, you know, good for them. I'm going to give Anchor another shot and uh, see if we can get a little get a little community over there. If you're new to the, the podcast, the third or I guess the first episode of Processing Power of Bon Gen, my name is Bon Gen. Uh, I work over here at Adobe House Records in South L.A. Um, I co-host another... Uh, podcast called Dark Racial Humor with Caller John. It's pretty good. It's just free-flowing in-depth conversation about whatever's appropriate at the time. We talk news, politics, tech a little bit, sports barely, and just banter about like shit, Twitter memes, Trump, you know, all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, this one is uh, really going to focus on technology, how it's influencing society, and how it is basically just either improving or degrading our lives and we're going to talk about like new developments that come out in the tech industry and I'm going to throw in my little bit of two cents here maybe we might have some uh maybe we might have some guests on here I don't know we'll see we'll see we'll see we'll see um but let's just uh let's get into it huge day huge 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 day February 20th Wednesday Samsung had their Samsung Unpacked 2019 event in San Francisco, and um, I wasn't there, but a lot of 
um, tech journalists or whatever. They were there. And uh, Samsung actually announced four new phones. Crazy. The S10, S10 Plus, S10e, and the 5G10. Now, the S10 has a 6.1-inch screen. Here's standard phone size. The S10 Plus has a 6.4-inch display. The S10e has a 5.8-inch screen, so a little baby phone. And the 5G10 has a 6.7-inch screen. And it is the first 5G phone from Samsung. And apparently it's going to be exclusive to Verizon. So, uh, before we talk about the price, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about these beautiful, beautiful specifications. Um, first of all, they all are rocking the Infinity O display, what Samsung was calling it. They all have the uh, hole punch display thing. Um, for the, the front camera, if you are unfamiliar with the hole punch, it's basically a full body display, um, except there's a little hole in the top right hand corner, I believe, and that is where the front camera sits. A lot prettier than the big ass disgusting notch that sits on the Pixel 3 and the iPhone 10 and a lot of other phones. But, you know... I've always said that, you know, it's, like, hard to work with at first, but then you just forget about it. But that hole punch thing, it's, like, you can barely see it in the first place. So, I know that thing's just going to disappear, disappear, excuse me, with uh, your everyday daily use. Um, and the S10 Plus, uh, S10 Plus actually has a, a double front-facing uh, camera, so it's going to have the little line, the little oval, not an oval, like a little line instead of a hole punch. The whole bunch is a little bit bigger. Um, the S10 Plus also has a 93% screen-to-body ratio. Damn. They're all rocking the Qualcomm Snapdragon 855 processor, which is great. And you can go from 6 to 12 gigabytes of RAM. Holy shit. Oh, excuse my language. But, um, yeah. Uh, they all start with 128 gigabytes of storage, which is phenomenal. I believe the Pixel 3 only goes up to 128 gigabytes of storage. Um, and you can get to one terabyte of internal storage on the S10 Plus with support for micro SD card slots. I believe this is also on the 5G S10. Um, so, theoretically, you can get potentially up to 1.5 terabytes of internal storage on your phone. If you use a 512 gigabyte micro SD card, Samsung actually, or SanDisk actually sells one right now. It is the biggest micro SD card out on Amazon, and it is $275. But SanDisk, excuse me, uh, SanDisk has said that they are working on a prototype of a one terabyte micro SD card. So if you want to get, just walk around with a 12 gigabyte uh, RAM phone with two terabytes of internal storage. All power to you, player, because that's that's some serious beef in your pocket. Damn, um, probably mining Bitcoin and shit on that. Hmm. Okay, so back to the phones. Uh, they all have IP68 water resistance, fast wireless charging, and here is something. Extremely cool, extremely new. Um, you can wireless charge someone else's S10 just by putting your phone on it. How crazy is that? 
that's like that's some serious innovation right there. Uh, pats on the back to Samsung for that. Um, I do have some questions though. How will it know which phone to pull power from? And it's kind of weird that the phone has to be touching another phone. I guess if you're like sitting at a table with someone, you could just like rest your phone on their phone, and that would be cool. But uh, I'm really curious to see how people will adopt to that. Because if it works, I feel like um, a lot of people will be copying that and it'll just become a regular thing. Um, there is a headphone jack on all the phones. That is surprising. I honestly did not think that uh, the headphone jack would be coming back. Um, was it all? Yeah, it was always on the, phone, the Galaxy phone. So this is honestly... Probably most likely the last uh, Galaxy phone to have the headphone jack because that thing is disappearing everywhere. Um, Bixby button's back. Apparently you can remap it. They figured out a way. Um, and all the phones except for the uh, SE, or sorry, the S10e have um, an under-the-screen fingerprint reader. So instead of being on the back, it's actually under the screen, and apparently it's better than the OnePlus because it uses um, it uses an ultrasonic sensor instead of an optical sensor, whatever that means. Um, Samsung does say, however, that tempered glass will not work if you are using uh, it with this phone. So uh, that sucks. Let's talk about the cameras on these phones, on these bad boys, because that's what I really care about. Um, All the phones have at least a dual camera system, which is phenomenal. Ultra-wide and standard-wide, the S10 and S10 Plus models add a telephoto 10-megapixel cameras on the front that also shoot 4K. S10 Plus has portrait on the front, HDR10 Plus. Um, is supported by all four models, and the 5G S10 has something called uh, a 3D time-of-flight camera, which uh, works as a 3D depth perception can camera on the back. Crazy. Um, they all have a glass back, or a ceramic back with the S10 Plus, with 512 gigabytes of storage. And for the price, the S10e starts at $749.00. The S10, $899. The S10 Plus, $999. Wow. Um, that's crazy. Um, I actually expected the S10 Plus model to be a little bit pricier. But, you know, this is a pretty good package, a pretty good offering from Samsung. Um Certainly more exciting than what uh, Apple released last year um, in terms of features and specs. But, you know, um, it's all hype right now. We're going to have to wait until the reviews come out. I probably will not be copying any of these. I'm pretty decently kind of happy with my Pixel 3. Um, now, let's talk about the golden child of the event, the Galaxy Fold. Dun, 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 dun. Samsung finally took the folding phone from a concept phone and made it a consumer product. Here is the thing, though. 
it kind of looks like it sucks. But Samsung is notorious for taking these radical ideas and, you know, just putting them out there into the market and seeing if people people uh, swing with it, you know what I'm saying? If people buy it, if people like it, uh, Samsung has done this before. They did this with the popular Galaxy Note series. They did this with the the Samsung Galaxy Edge. Um, they're just trying all these radical form factors, and I knew they were going to be the first one to release a folding phone. I just did not think it would be this year. Um, so before uh, I talk more about my opinion on the device, let's discuss the technical specifications. The Galaxy Fold, when folded, has a 4.6-inch display. When it's open, it has a 7.3-inch Infinity Flex display, as they call it. It comes in three colors, Cosmos Black, Space Silver, Martian Green, and Astro Blue. Um, you can also personalize the hinge color um, if, you wanna, if you're super into that. Um, when it's folded, the phone is super thick, but it's also super skinny. If it's right in the palm of your hand, but... And it looks, it honestly kind of looks sleek, but here's the thing. It, when you're viewing content, when you're viewing content on the front display, it has this big, ugly, disgusting tire border around it that just shrinks your, shrinks your content and just makes it just un, unviewable. Unless you're, unless you have like your glasses on or something. Um, something that's not really, uh. Not really palatable in my opinion. But when you open that bad boy up, you get a wonderful 7.3 inch infinity display. This place kind of like a square, but it's really big. It looks really good when you're looking at something like maps, but it looks really bad when you're watching a movie because you're going to get those big borders on it, especially if you're watching something in widescreen. And I was uh, giving Samsung an applause for basically just destroying the notch with the wonderful looking hole punch display, but this device has a big ass ugly notch, probably the ugliest notch that I've ever seen. Definitely a lot uglier than uh, the Google Pixel 3 XL, which I thought was impossible, but no, definitely, um, yeah, this thing is disgusting. It's on the side of the phone. Um, it's not even on the middle, it's on the corner. And it just looks like a huge imperfection. If they could have done anything to get rid of that, that would have been much appreciated by uh, Samsung customers, I am sure. And that's definitely going to be um, a laughing point for um, competitors, competitors in uh, the phone industry. But let's keep talking about this this uh, this phone. Um, it supports three app multitasking. Um, Apparently, it's the first mobile device to do so, but if you're rocking uh, 12 gigs of RAM, um, which this thing actually has with a 7 nanometer processor, three apps is probably no big deal. It does look kind of cluttered, cluttered, though, in the interface using three apps. It puts, like, one on the side and big, then two on the other side, um, small. But, you know, uh, I'm glad they did it. Um, so they say it's one of the most powerful smartphones on the market, which I believe. Um, it has 512 gigabytes of onboard memory, which is phenomenal. 
Um, the Universal Splash Storage 3.0, six cameras, three on the back, two on the inside, and, oh, sorry, three on the front, two on the inside, and one on the back. And it will have an LTE version and a 5G version. And this phone starts at 1980 USD. Um, pretty expensive, pretty expensive device. Three, uh, $2,000 phone. Um... Yeah, pretty uh, pretty hefty price tag, but like I said, Samsung is in that market of just throwing something out there and seeing if people like it. Just like the Note, the Note retailed uh, at about $600, I believe, in 2011, and that was really expensive for a phone. Uh, I know it seems kind of uh, reasonable now, but back then, that was uh, one of the higher priced phones, and Samsung is doing that again. But I bet you the next one, if people actually enjoy this model, will be slimmer, thick, uh, slimmer, sleeker, more beautiful, and definitely uh, maybe a little cheaper, hopefully. And if it takes off, everybody's going to be making these things. Apple may make it in the next five years, and Apple's is going to be good. You may be able to fold it four times instead of two, or instead of one. Um, so, um, we'll we'll. Look out for that. Uh, another item that I probably won't be buying, but I would love to get my hands on it and uh, play around with it um, sometime in the near future, hopefully. Um, all of these devices are available for pre-order tomorrow. Um, I'm sorry. The four phones are available, available for pre-order tomorrow and are available on March 8th. And the Galaxy Fold will be available on April 26th. Samsung is also trying again to make another smartwatch yawn. Um, I have yet to find a good Android smartwatch, but let's give them another crack at it. The Samsung Galaxy Watch Active has a heart rate sensor and reads blood pressure, detects six different types of workout activities. It's apparently really light. It runs Tizen OS. It's a 1.1-inch screen, no rotating bezel like its predecessor has 60,000 available watch faces, which is hmm, kind of a lot. Samsung S10 can wi wirelessly charge the watch, which is, again, probably the best feature to come out of this uh, the Samsung event, being able to touch your device to another device and wirelessly charge it. Um, so you can charge another phone, um, you can charge your watch, and you can also charge, apparently, your Pixel Buds, which is probably a great reason to get pixel buds over airpods um in my opinion because they support qi charging um i can't tell you how annoying it is to have an android phone with airpods not because of connectivity issues which are almost non-existent um because i have to use a fucking an iphone charger to charge these things so i gotta go looking for that whenever my uh my airpods die which is pretty lame um but if I could just wirelessly charge it with Qi, um, that would be that would be phenomenal. Um, so yeah, the Samsung Galaxy Watch Active um, is available March eighth for one ninety nine. Galaxy Buds are available now, I think, for one hundred twenty nine ninety nine. They're all so that's cheaper than AirPods right there, and you can wirelessly charge the Qi in on your phone. So like, shit. Um, they also announced a Galaxy Home smart speaker, Yawn, and a Duo charger. They beat Apple to uh, with the air power thing. Um, don't even know why Apple announced that shit in the first place.
Alrighty then, that's enough Samsung news. I'm all Samsunged out. Let's talk about Apple for a quick second. Um, this is an article from the good folks over at TheVerge.com. Um, they're talking about Apple's secret car project. Haven't really heard about that in about two years. Uh, I thought Apple had abandoned it. <coughs> but this article is called... Apple's secretive self-driving car project is starting to come into focus by Andrew J. Hawkins. Let's dive in. One of the words that's most commonly associated with Apple's self-driving car program is quote-unquote secretive. Unlike most of its competitors, Apple has been frustratingly tight-lipped regarding the self-driving cars since testing in California. On Wednesday, the company had an opportunity to pull back the curtain on the so-called quote-unquote, Project Titan, with the release of its voluntarily, voluntary safety report to federal regulators. But unsurprisingly, the smartphone giant is still keeping the most tantalizing details under wraps. Apple's report is almost comically short, seven pages compared to the average length of 39 pages from the other companies that have submitted reports. In it, Apple describes its interest in self-driving systems in broad, world-saving terms, but it's noticeably mum on practically every key detail surrounding the project. There's nothing on future deployments or commercial applications for the technology. There aren't any photos or renderings to pad the length of the report, like the other companies have. So, it seems to me that, um, in layman's terms, that uh, Apple submitted a, a voluntary report on the safety measures of its self-driving vehicles, and there really wasn't a lot of juicy information that uh, tech journalists could take and run with it because you know Apple's super secretive and all. Um, yeah. Uh, so I guess the biggest takeaway from this is that uh, Apple is probably getting into the automobile business, which is exciting. Um, I would love to see what Apple did with the car. I would love to see what they would price a car. And, um, who knows? And maybe something really good. Or maybe they'll just make it $300,000 and no one will buy it and they'll go out of business. Who knows? Um, what else are they seeing in this article? Apple noted that it initially separated its engagement into two categories, manual takeovers and software disengagement. And in 40,198 40, of the former and 36,359 of the latter through June 2018. Okay, so um, kind of bored with this story. Um, so yeah, Apple is definitely making a car. Um, that's all for that. Ladies and gentlemen, real quick before we continue, I just want to remind you to go ahead and drop us a review on iTunes. Um, follow us on Anchor. Uh, it really helps the show out a lot. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, why I question my allegiance to Google more and more each day, especially with this latest unquote-unquote stunt that they pulled. Um, but yeah, sit tight. We'll be right back after the break. This is Processing Power. Google, Google, Google. I 
am not shocked, but I am disappointed. I have stood up for you when people try to tear you down. I say their services make my life more convenient. And so I don't care if they take a little bit of my data. But then you go and you do some Facebook ass shit like this. Disgusting. Another story from The Verge. Google claims built-in Nest Mic was never intended to be a secret. Google has admitted it made an error when it didn't disclose that its Nest Secure home security system included an on-device microphone. What? In a statement given to Business Insider, the spokesperson from the company said, The on-device microphone was never intended to be a secret and should not have been listed in the tech specs. And should have been listed in the tech specs. That was an error on our point. <clears throat> Security systems often use microphones to provide features they rely on sound sensing. We included the mic on the device so that we could potentially offer additional features to our users in the future, such as the ability to break broken glass. If you're lost in this story, it's my fault. So, Google owns Nest. Nest has a, um, a product called, what is it called? Nest Home Protect? Nest Guard, Nest Guard, and it's basically a security system, um, and it has a microphone on it. Google did not tell anyone that this product had a microphone on it. Um, Google says it puts the mic, uh, put the microphone on it in order to allow the device to get new features in the future with a software update, um, like the Google Home when I bought it. It wasn't a Bluetooth speaker, and then one day it was magically a Bluetooth speaker because Google had a Bluetooth chip in there. The only difference is Google told people there was a Bluetooth chip in there. They didn't tell anyone there was a microphone on it. So when people woke up and found out that their Nest Guard had Home Assistant-like features, they understandably asked, where the hell is the microphone? Google said, oh, it's right here. We didn't tell you about it. Um, big no-no. Huge breach of privacy. Um, reason why this is a problem. People don't trust Google to uh, not to listen to them when there's a microphone, or people are afraid that their Nest Guard is going to get hacked and people can listen to them. Uh, Google took a step in the right direction when they released the Home Hub without a camera. That's when I started to trust them a little more, but now that they pull this, this bull crap, um, I'm going to take a few steps back. This is some Facebook-level stuff. Um, and, uh, really, uh, real big, uh, privacy, no, no, almost, uh, yeah, probably almost as bad as, uh, the Facebook thing. The only difference is, uh, Google's not super, 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 super huge on privacy like Apple is, but, uh, yeah, you know, you know, pretty, pretty much in the same ballpark. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that is all I wanted to talk on today for Processing Power of Bon Gen. If you have any questions from me, feel free, feel free to uh, follow me here on Anchor. Shoot me a message if you can even do that on this platform. Um, listen to my other podcasts, adobeoutsrecords.com slash podcast for a list of that. And uh, I'll probably see you tomorrow or in a couple days. Uh, thank you for listening and have a good one. Peace.